Welcome to the Joey Miller Podcast. I'm Pastor Joey Miller from Champion Christian Center, and I am so happy that you tuned in with us today. We have so much to talk about out of God's Word, and you are going to be blessed. But let me just remind you, before we jump in, don't forget to check out joeymiller.co for all sorts of resources, from merch to Bible studies to podcast notes to blogs. You will be blessed, so check it out today. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. If you're enjoying it and you want to share it with a friend, a great way to let us know is to like it, to share it, and to subscribe. So make sure you do that as well. Well, let's get into the Word together. Well, I'm just recognizing now I was in the car with my dad one day, and he said to me, he said, Joey, I love you. And I said, I love you too, dad. And he said, no, I love you just because you're you. And um, now that you're saying that that's the core uh, desire, wow. Like, I'm like, okay, Lord, you were speaking through my dad, even like that's, that's just amazing. So, and, and to know that, and then to go to dive into the others, I'm sure if someone's listening, they're like, I want to know what my Enneagram is. So um, like, could you briefly just quickly maybe touch on the ones that you didn't go over? Um, and then yeah. what do you do with somebody's like, I took the Enneagram test and I don't like what came up. Like I want to change <laughs> Enneagram, like, you know, there's somebody listening like that. What do you Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, well, let's start there. So if you're listening, and you're trying to figure out your Enneagram type, and you took an Enneagram assessment, and you don't like the results, you're probably on the right track. I know you don't (laughs) want to hear that. But our Enneagram type is usually the one that we're like, please don't be that one. Please don't be that one. Please don't be that one. And it's because it does feel revealing and vulnerable. Um, it is our Enneagram type is usually the part of us that we have worked really hard to try to keep other people from seeing about us and, or that we thought was just us and nobody else had it or knew about it. And so some of the freedom often comes from, wait a second, Carissa, you mean to tell me that there are parts of this that are good and God has created me this way. And And we can lean into that and celebrate that while also learning to manage some of the weaknesses. And yeah, absolutely. And so the other thing that I will will say is that typing ourselves can be a process. And so it's great to start with a reputable Enneagram assessment. I have a free one that people are welcome to take. And maybe we can put that in the show notes if that's helpful for them. The Enneagram Institute also has one that's $10 that would be the one that I would recommend um, next. They're not all created equal and an assessment is not going to be 100% accurate. They're a starting point. So what it'll do for you is it'll help you narrow down the nine types to maybe your top two to three. And then from there, what we're wanting to do is learn about those types with the question of, which one's motivations are driving my behavior. Cause it's like you said, you know, when we talked about the perfectionist, I'm sure there are parts of you who have identified as a type three, there are parts of you who you, you perfect things in your life. It probably shows up more in the workplace environment. If I had to guess and less at home and in other areas. So you're not an Enneagram type one, but you have some perfectionistic tendencies. Um, so what we want to focus in on are the motivation. So why don't we do this? Let me go back and give you the core longing for the type one and the type two, because those are, I think, part of where the healing from God moves into this space is God is the only one. And this is my, my opinion, my trust. God is the only one that can fully satisfy our core longing. 
And people can um, do a good job. And if we've had great parents and we have great spouses and support systems, they reflect pieces of it. But at the end of the day, I don't know of a human being who can be fully satisfied outside of a loving relationship with God. And so for the type one, what they're longing to hear is you are good. Mm. Even when you make a mistake, even when you get it wrong, even when it's not perfect, you, who you are hidden with Christ in God is good. Mm. And then for the Enneagram type two, it's that you are wanted and loved. Even when you're needy, even when you are not meeting everyone else's needs, even when you're not doing all the things for all of the people, even when someone doesn't like you, which is tough for a type two, you, who you are is wanted and loved mm. by God. Okay. Even if you don't do another thing or serve in another way. Um, so we already talked about three, the Enneagram type four, they are usually known as our romantic individualists. They are our heart-centered creatives, our poets, our songwriters. They make incredible therapists. I mean, they just, they feel all the feelings deeply. They reflect the beauty of God to the world. Their fear is of being inadequate or emotionally cut off or being uh, plain, mundane, defective, or flawed. For the type four, there's a sense that a false belief, I would say, that there is something inherently wrong with them. And so some of the work that we do with our type fours is helping them to resist that lie that they have uh, grown up believing and speaking into that core longing, which for them is that you are seen and loved for who you are, which is special and unique. Wow. There's no one else in the world like you, no one else who reflects God's goodness and beauty the way that you do, and no one else that can accomplish the mission that God has given you in the way that you are uniquely wired up to do it, that there is something, you know, distinctly unique about you. And um, so that's part of what some of the work looks like for a four. Then we have our Enneagram fives. They are our intellectuals. They are our cerebral thinkers. They are highly, highly intelligent. And that means that sometimes they struggle a little bit with relationships and understanding social situations. Um, they are who you want in the operating room in the middle of an emergency because they're not going to be feeling all of the feelings about the person on the operating table in front of them. They're in their head thinking through how to solve the problem in the moment. And that's part of their gift. Yeah. And we need them in the world helping us solve problems in the middle of a crisis. And so their fear is of being annihilated or invaded. They have this idea that they have very limited resources available, limited energy. And so they spend a lot of time protecting their internal resources and energy. Um, and they don't want to be thought of as incapable or incompetent. Wow. Um, so they spend a lot of time wanting to master an area of knowledge. Well, the thing that they long to hear the most um, and that really we need to hear from God is that their needs are not a problem. 
And so what that typically looks like for them is that it's okay for them to not know something. It's okay for them to have a need. It's okay for them to, to feel depleted and to need God to feel that back up again. So good. As you're talking, about, I'm thinking about even people that I know and I'm like, wow, I can help be one of those people that love them in that way. That's so powerful, Carissa. Yeah. Well, and even as a parent, you know, sometimes people will ask me like, Carissa, how do I use this as a parent? And I would say the boundaries would be, we never type our children. Our children have to type themselves. And until they get older, they usually don't have enough self-awareness to type correctly. But what we can do is look for some patterns in them. So I have, my children are 12, 10, and seven. And I have a good idea of two to three potential types for each of my kids. I speak those core longings over them all the time. So I have one child who I think is probably a type one. I am affirming and praying. You are good. You are good. Especially when they have made a mistake or when I need to discipline or correct I know it needs to be softer and gentler with them because their internal critic is going to be much harsher on them than for the rest of us who are not Enneagram ones. And so what we can do as parents or spouses or employers with these core longings is look for ways to appropriately affirm what we know is their core longing. And so for the type six They are our friends who are our strategic thinkers. They are loyal team players. They love being in a team environment, but they do have a core fear of fear itself. And so they often are operating out of this space where they're afraid of feeling afraid. And so they have learned to anticipate anything and everything that could go wrong. These are your friends who have not planned A and B and C, figured out, but they've gone D E F G H. And if H doesn't work, then they got 10 other options that they're holding in the back of their mind. So they're often helping many of us see things that we either don't want to see, or we would never see coming. Um, but they do have kind of this fear of being without security or guidance. They don't want to be blamed or targeted or alone in the world. And so their core longing, the thing they want to hear from God, especially, is that you are safe and secure. Mm. And at the end of the day, you know, we can speak that to one another. We can even speak that to our kids, but we know hard things happen. We know bad things happen. Bad things happen to good people. And, but at the end of the day, there's a, a place we can go with God where we choose to trust what, no matter what comes no matter what happens to me here in this moment, in this place, or what happens to my family, help me trust God that I am safe and secure in you, mm-hmm. that there is a, a kingdom of God that is at work, even in this world. And that I, I, I think of Dallas Willard's work on this, which is just for me has been life-changing that it, it's possible for me to truly be safe and secure in God, even when the circumstances in my life are not safe or don't feel secure right now, that there's an, an alternate perspective or reality, which, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to preach a sermon in a couple of weeks on faith or trust. And 
you know, a part of the commentary that was coming to mind for that is, you know, when we think of Paul talks about not being ashamed in our hope as followers of Jesus. And part of, I think what he was talking about is as followers of Jesus, we're choosing to put our hope in things that the rest of the world cannot see and that we cannot even see. Like we're choosing to trust and hope in the reality that we really are safe and secure, even when we've been harmed, even when accidents have happened, even when we've come face to face with the evil actions of other people, can we hope in a reality that we cannot see that we are safe and secure? And this one is hard to walk through with people who are not looking at the world through the lens of following Jesus. Yeah, for sure. Um, because if you get to the end of that place, well, but I'm not really safe and secure because anything could happen and everything could go wrong. And, you know, I don't know your story and I know you're not, you don't know mine, but my guess is we both lived long enough that we have experienced not feeling safe and not being safe and being on the other end of something that was harmful and hurtful and unjust and unfair. But is there a reality that we can trust Amen. where we truly are safe and secure in Christ? Um, that's where our hope lies. So yeah. that would be the, the type six. Then we have our sevens, our type sevens. They are our entertaining optimists. They are full of life and joy and positivity and fun and vision. They have ideas for days. Um, they typically are our visionary, high visionary leaders. And that's part of their gift. The fear that they operate with is a fear of being deprived or trapped in emotional pain, uh, a fear of being limited or bored or of missing out on something fun. And so they're constantly chasing what's new and what's next. And part of that is because they want to avoid anything that's uncomfortable or negative, or that makes them maybe pay attention to a reality that's less than ideal. And so the thing that they desire to hear from God is that you will be taken care of. You will be taken care of that even in those moments when you're coming up against human limitations or someone else is imposing some necessary or unnecessary limitations upon you because both of those things happen at times, even when you uh, feel left out or like you're missing out on something that your needs. And what I mean by that is there's a, for sevens, it's almost like there's an internal reservoir in them that is hungry, that never feels fully satisfied. And so it's like, um, they're constantly looking to stimulation and people and things and experiences and stuff to fill that internal reservoir. When in reality, it's God that is uniquely designed to fill that internal reservoir. And part of our trust in God is learning to trust that he can uniquely satisfy that space in a way that people and events and circumstances and all of the things they're not going to live up to that. And so your needs will be taken care of. Wow. So good. So, so good. All right. We're almost done. We've got the eight and the nines, the eight, they are our protective challengers. They are our leaders in the world who are going to plow a path forward and tackle challenges and obstacles that the rest of us don't even know it's possible to tackle. And they are going to be protective of the weak and the vulnerable. 
they have this core fear that they are operating with of, um, and people are usually surprised by this because if you know someone who has identified themselves as an Enneagram eight, they are strong and assertive and bold and direct. But underneath all of that exterior, there is a fear of being weak, powerless, harmed, controlled, vulnerable, manipulated, or left at the mercy of injustice. So there's this strong exterior. Underneath all of that is a very soft and tender heart that is trying to protect themselves and trying to protect the people that are closest to them. And so the thing that they long to hear and that they long to trust with God is that they will not be betrayed. Mm. This is another one that's hard to sometimes translate with someone who is not a follower of Jesus or does not have a faith that they are trusting in because at the end of the day, we are going, we are going to be betrayed. They're, they're, we're, we're in life in relationship with other human beings who make mistakes and they don't always have our back. And sometimes they have mixed motivations and all of the things Jesus experienced this. I mean, just the ultimate betrayal, mm-hmm. but not with God, mm-hmm. not with God yeah. who will never leave us, who will never forsake us, who always and has always and will always has our best interest at heart. You know, I think of the story of the father and the prodigal son. Um, We start off at home with God. And then sometimes we choose to make a different choice or to distance ourselves or um, to not be in close proximity with God. But God did not make that choice. And God is always there, always waiting for our return. The end of the day, we will not be betrayed. And I don't know that we have that apart from God. Mm. I don't know that another human can, can fully satisfy that space. And that's where these core longings tie in so deeply with our trust in God. Um, I don't know that we can satisfy these in ourselves or that another person can ever fully satisfy these things. There's also a, and I was going to say, that's so good. And that, that, I mean, I can't even imagine trying to teach this or coach this without the foundation of, of the Lord and Jesus Christ and the cross. And, and I, I mean, he, he directs everything back to him in creating us very specifically and very intentionally. And um, no, I love it. So good. Okay. Finish. You can finish up. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. So then we have the type nine. These are our peaceful mediators. They are the people in our lives who desire peace and freedom from conflict. They typically are really easygoing. They're easy to be in relationship with. They go along to get along and they're incredible mediators because what their gift is, is they naturally see everyone else's perspective and are thinking through the lens of the other people around them. They're able to put themselves in your shoes. Even if they disagree with your perspective, they can understand and empathize with your perspective. The downside to this or the potential shadow side is that they lose the ability to pay attention to their unique perspective and their opinion and their dreams and their desires that God has given to them. Part of that is because they have a core fear of being in conflict or tension or experiencing discord. 
Um, there's a fear of feeling shut out or being overlooked um, and of losing connection with others. And so their core longing, the thing that they most want to trust and hear from God is that their presence matters, that their voice matters, that we need what they uniquely bring to the table in a relationship or in a professional environment or in a ministry setting, that they have somehow believed the lie along the way that other people's opinions matter more than theirs or their perspectives matter more, when in reality, we need their voice, we need their presence, uh, that it matters to the world. and. You know, the other piece to these core longings is for me as a pastor, part of what's been helpful is to remember that sometimes we can share the gospel through our unique mm. lens and our unique perspective. And so what I try to do a lot of times is remember I've got nine different perspectives in the room on any given Sunday or at any given event. Am I looking for ways to speak directly to um, their need, their longing in God? Um, and how does that connect with the gospel, uh, the message that Jesus came proclaiming that the kingdom of God is present and available in their life? It, it's the same kingdom, but it looks a little different depending on our story and our personality and our wiring. I love that you said our core longing, because um, even as you're talking, even as we were talking about personalities, how we can see probably a little bit of each of those personalities in us, but there's there's a few that are our core, that um, are our majority. And even in the same way, our longings, um, you know, each one, I could say, I, could, I, I need to hear each one of those, but there's core ones that really uh, matter most to me. And just to keep that in perspective in general, just... Um, I'm going to go back through and write down what those uh, longings are so that I could be quick to uh, speak them over the people around me. And um, so that's such a powerful revelation, too, that that we oftentimes uh, we represent Christ through our perspective and, and to be aware that not everybody does. Not everybody needs to hear the same things that we hear, uh, but to reiterate uh, the full message of who Jesus is. So. So amazing, Chris. I could talk to you for hours. This is so interesting uh, to me. Thank you for joining us today. Um, if somebody wants to connect with you, if they say, hey, I want coaching or I want to follow Chris more, what is the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so um, they can find me on my website, which is carissaharrison.com. I also spend a lot of time on Instagram and my handle is Carissa Harrison there as well. And I'm always happy to answer questions and DMs if there's anything I can help with. So good. And we will put in the show notes, um, I'm sure you can get to me this site uh, for the free Enneagram test if they, if they want to take it. And um, so thank you once again for your knowledge, your wisdom on helping us truly get to know ourselves better and to invite God into that space and then to, to know those who we love and who we want to minister to even on greater levels. So, so amazing. So eye-opening. Thank you again, Carissa. We're just going to close with a quick prayer uh, as we uh, conclude this podcast. And so if you want to join and pray along with us, uh, we'd love for you to do that. So Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for every 
person who's listening to this podcast. I pray that as Chris's words went forth, Lord, that you would penetrate their hearts. Holy Spirit, that you would speak to them about their strengths, about how you've created them, that maybe you'll speak to them about areas that maybe need healing or areas that maybe need a little bit uh, of your grace or, or an invitation for you to come in and work just like how you can to perfect the areas in our lives that, that are causing us to trip up or holding us back. And we just commit, Lord, this whole uh, podcast to you. And we thank you that lives will be changed because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Joey, so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. So great. We'll talk to you soon, Carissa. Thanks again. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Joey Miller podcast today. I pray you were blessed by God's word. I pray that the Holy Spirit was speaking to you and ministering to you, that his grace is empowering you to be everything that you're called to be. Well, until next time, I'll see you on the Joey Miller podcast.